Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At the 1865 Forest Ramble, we are pleased to work in partnership with Flatback 4. If you haven't checked them out yet, they offer forest-inspired t-shirts, polo shirts, hoodies and jumpers, as well as jackets, kids' wear, and the Collymore-inspired bobble hats. They sure do. And now we have a special offer for listeners to the 1865 Forest Ramble. If you insert the discount code 1865 at the checkout, you can get a 10% discount on the Nottingham Forest Embroidered Club range. A 10% discount? That sounds amazing. How does that work? You just visit 1865.football slash flatback. Choose something from the Nottingham Forest Embroidered Club range and then enter the code 1865 to receive 10% off and support our podcast at the same time. Amazing. So our listeners can support the podcast and get some great clothing. Yes. For whatever item you buy, if you include the code 1865 at the checkout, you will be supporting our podcast. Can I find the details on social media? Absolutely. Follow 1865 Forest Ramble on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for all the details. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Forest Ramble. It's the morning after the night before uh, a 1-1 draw between Derby and Forest at the city ground. Um, and the highlight for Forest being the first goal by Lyle Taylor. Uh, Derby fans uh, will probably feel that they were a little bit hard done by, but we'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, I'm joined today by uh, podcast stalwart Maradon the Midlands. How are you doing? I'm OK, thank you. And also I'm delighted to be joined by uh, our friend, Derby fan Rob Jones. How are you? Hello, mate. How are you? All good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, right, I'm going to come straight to you, Rob. Um, depending upon which Twitter feeds and Instagram uh, comments you look at, you might or might not think it's a fair result. As a Derby fan, how do you feel? I always enjoy uh, WhatsApping you two boys during these games. Um, I, To be honest, I think a draw is fair and I'd have taken it before kickoff. I'd have probably even taken it at half time. Um, I the most pleasing thing for me as a Derby fan was that we turned up and we played um, a promising kind of game of football. Um, I think Forest had their chances as well. Um, yeah, there's certainly elements of the game where I kind of think, oh, a bit of luck could have swung our way. But um, ultimately, performance-wise, very, very happy. Yeah, and um, 
Married on the Midlands to come to you. I think, look, we've documented Forrest's performance issues uh, uh, on this podcast plenty of times, but I was actually quite surprised by the level of energy and forward momentum that Derby showed in that match, bearing in mind the way that they'd started the season, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was. I think think the uh, reintroduction of Lawrence and Waghorn helped them a lot in that. Just that little bit of experience and know-how and quality, quite frankly. They're, they're good players on their day. Uh, I think that helped them a lot. And um, really, those, those two were really the stars of the show uh, for me, for Derby County, um, for most of the match. OK, so if Derby fans and Philip Koku are going to be pretty happy with the performance... Um, mode on the Midlands just to stay with you do you think that in terms of who's happier with the results well Koku was fuming in his post-match interview but do you think Chris Hewton will say you know what a point out of that's probably about right yeah because for, for good, uh, similar to the Rotherham game uh, for a good half hour in the first half we weren't weren't in the game at all so to come away with a point is a bonus really um, and the chance that Derby got chalked off I mean that on another day that could easily have stood and we would have ended up with no point so in that respect we've got to be happy with the point yeah and we will be talking about the Jozviak disallowed goal easy for me to say um the Jozviak disallowed goal in uh, in in a few minutes um let's talk about uh the chances though because in the match it started off with um Forrest having the first chance uh Derby old boy Cyrus Christie getting up the wing and putting a ball, actually placing it uh, towards the sort of about near to the edge of the box where Lyle Taylor was coming in. And I think if Lyle Taylor had already scored a goal or two this season um, and got a bit more sharpness and practice under his belt, I think he would have swept that across the keeper and into the far corner. Rob, do you think that was a let off for you? Um, yeah, a little bit. And like you said, there's a there's a lack of goals in both our teams, isn't there? And there's a lack of confidence that we know goals come when players are confident. Um, Taylor has proven he can score goals. And that, as you said, 10 games time, he puts that away. Marshall's a good keeper. I'm very pleased with him. I think he showed he was solid and calm. Um, and I think, like you said, start of the game, Derby had a lot of possession weren't doing much with it. Forrest had a couple of half chances. It just looked like, again, like the game at Derby last season where Forrest got kind of an early goal. It just, it's a confidence thing. I think there was a couple of times Forrest got, got to the edge of the box and the ball didn't quite fall or it kind of dropped wide and someone stuck a leg out, but it wasn't quite enough. Yeah, um, I, well, I would agree with you on that. Um, just a few minutes later, just to stay with you, Rob, uh, there was a what I would class as an optimistic penalty shout when Tom Lawrence went down in the box. Um, be honest with me, at first glance, were you jumping out of your chair screaming for the pen? Uh, no. Oh, well, no, there you I, go. I, I, think, I, I think... have to say, at first glance, I was thinking, oh, God, he's gone down there. I, I always, you always claim it. I always thought, oh, let's look at the replay. Um, I think as this game proved, the replays don't actually help anything because whether it's right or not is what the referee gives. He was right not to give that one. It was very soft. Um, no, no penalty. Mm, okay. Um, married on the Midlands, um, you know, after that early chance and then Derby got that penalty shout and then the match really swung towards Derby for most of the rest of that half. There was a lot of talk about Forrest going 4-4-2. Um, interestingly, on Sky Sports, Viv Anderson was saying, you know what, 
Chris Hewton's had a couple of matches to kind of come in, steady the ship. He's still learning his team. Why not have a go at playing 4-4-2 against Derby and see if it works? Can we agree that it didn't? I'm not so sure. Um, even even people, people are saying it's 4-4-2. Um, uh, Taylor and Graben were sort of swapping positions. So one was going out wide. And one was staying in and um, Lolly and Amiobi were sort of tucking in. So I wouldn't really call it a traditional 4-4-2. I think the main problem was just our same old problem of, of not being able to pass the ball fluently and failing to hold possession. Um, we've, still, we've got to remember, we still had the same sort of three main attacking players on the pitch from last season who we used to criticise a lot for not being able to do simple passes to each other in Graben, Lolly and Amiobi. Um, and then it's, it's more just sort of sloppiness from our part, I felt. Um, just repeat players like Christie, just pa- player passing the ball um, straight out and, and giving it away and being sort of dawdling on the ball. Um, just not being crisp with our passing. I, thought, I felt that was more of an issue than the actual formation. OK. Um, Rob, four four two isn't something we see huge huge amounts uh in sort of higher level football these days there's the occasional exception Burnley do it quite well for example but um as a Derby fan watching Forest were you thinking that it was working for us? I don't think it did work I think Sandy kind of hit now my head you had you've got two wide men who aren't traditional wide men I think that's where 442 always used to work have a left foot on the left, right on the right. They'd get down the wing. They'd they'd get it across. You did it a couple of times with your fullbacks, like we said, Taylor's chance, and a couple of others where you were kind of a whisker away. But Lolly and Amiobi, from what I've seen, where they're dangerous for opposition fans is is when they start running. They cut inside and they run at you. And they've got like, particularly Amiobi's got these long legs. He's unpredictable, and any touch he's going to go over. It's going to be a free kick. Lolly. I mean, I'm sick of him cutting inside and hitting it because against Derby, it seems to go on target and go in, um, which they're very good at. But obviously, those sort of wide men tend not to work with 4-4-2 because Graben and Taylor then are a little bit useless, or one of them particularly. Um, and, and again, bringing someone like Kanoka on, second half, tricky player, seemed to kind of make you a little bit more, there was, there was a bit more comfort there, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, I guess what you're referring to is the old, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, we're all old enough to remember the old old fashioned chalk on your boot swingers and um, and Lolly and Amiobi aren't that. Knockout kind of is, but he also still wants to come inside. But so he adds a different dimension there. I mean, you mentioned Lolly and uh, we talked about after the Blackburn match uh, in our report then about Lolly is essentially a poor man's IN Robin. He, you know what he's going to do. You know he wants to cut inside and have a go. And so often you seem powerless to stop him. Um, and he did it against Blackburn. Got a bit, got a deflection and it went in. He hit the post doing that against Rotherham. Um, he had a couple of goes at doing it. But again, I think that that's where formations are important. Um, you know, I think tactics are more important than formations. But the formation was important because it meant that Derby had the extra solid core protecting sort of the edge of the box and so on, um, which I think also is what caused Forrest to kind of lose lose their way a little bit in that first half. Um, 
nonetheless, we got to halftime and Graben's injury, in a way, did Chris Hewton a favour married on the Midlands because it gave him an opportunity to bring on Anthony Knockart, move Joe Lolly to the number 10, and the three players behind Taylor were their movements improved and they swapped around a bit more and they gave, in particular, Lee Buchanan, who I thought had a terrific game at left-back but was left horrifically exposed after the formation change. What do you think, Mard, on the Midlands? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could almost straight away see the, the extra quality that Knockart had. Um, it's been a long time since we've had players with that sort of ability on the ball. Um, I mentioned during the game that it reminded me of uh, Raddy Majewski, um, just the little touches, the control, his body shape, his movement, uh, just having that confidence on the ball. It, it's been such a long time since we've had anybody who can do that. And just having that calmness and just being able to pass it to a red shirt really helped. But I, I think we also, we also should give credit to Derby in their first half. They were working really, really hard. They, they took a, a leaf out of Rotherham's book from the night before and closed Forest down high in the forest uh, or deep in the forest half and that just made it very uncomfortable for the players to sort of um, pass the ball out and, and bring it out so I think in the second half naturally Derby tied a little bit as well and dropped a bit deeper um, and that helped Forrest as well uh, mm. but yeah knockout you could see see the quality straight away and that parallel with the Rotherham match Chris Hewton said as much in his post-match interview um, now the uh, those the observant ones amongst the listeners will have noticed we haven't talked about the fact that Derby took the lead. Um, a terrific free kick. I mean, it's one of those whereby Amiobi gave gave the free kick away, but he kind of had to because otherwise, um, I think it was Knight on the edge of the box would have had a free shot at goal uh, with no one around him. Um, but it was a dangerous position to concede a free kick. And Martin Waghorn, I mean, Rob, what a hit. Yeah, it's great as well. And that's and that's the thing. Our only goal this season, free kick. And obviously, Mr. Wayne Rooney, that's the magic he brings these days. He doesn't bring much else. And and so you're kind of thinking, oh, and to be honest, the game before against Huddersfield, our set pieces were atrocious without Rooney on the pitch. It, it, unbelievably bad. One of the worst I've seen. So there was a fear about that. But Waggers came in. It's a really good. He's caught it really, really well. It's right in the place for Samba. You watch the replays. Obviously, Samba's a very good keeper. The the step he takes to the side, he thinks it's going to go. If he stays still, maybe saves it. But it's it's off the underside of the bar. Which there's not much you can do about it. It's a really good hit. Good for him to get off the marker, especially he's been injured and it's he needs that confidence early. Yeah, I mean, Maradon the Midlands. Uh... It is quite an old-fashioned free kick, isn't it? We see a lot of people dinking the ball over the wall into the into the near corner and so on, and uh, and that's kind of what keepers fear. And I suspect that's why Samba took that step to his left. Should should our keeper have saved it? No, I don't think so. I think I think people always look at faults these days when they're doing analysis, and and that's just the nature of modern football punditry. But that was just a brilliant free kick. It, as as Rob said, off the underside of the crossbar. Even if he stood right underneath it, he wouldn't have saved it. I don't think it was. It was just, you sometimes just have to say that was a brilliant piece of skill and a great goal. Yeah, and of course, you know, as Forest fans, I have to. You know, not I'm of the age and I'm a Forest fan where I did look at that and think, well, if Stuart Pearce had hit that, then no one would be talking about what the opposition keeper was doing. We'd just be going, you know, what? it's powerful. It was high up in the, you know, hit the bar. It doesn't have to be right in the top corner to still be a really, really good uh, free kick. Um, not long after, there was a crucial moment where Samba 
if you were attaching any blame to him, he redeemed himself, Rob. Um, Counter-attack from a forest corner. Isn't there that old statistic about you're more likely to concede from uh, from an attacking corner than you are to score? Um, and really good play by Lawrence. Slightly dodgy defensive header by Figueredo. And it meant all of a sudden Graham Shinney found himself in nosebleed territory. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, and that's it. The one he was excellent last night. The one part of his game he's not massively known for is is finishing. He's very left-footed as well, so all his goals are kind of swingers from outside the box. Um, it's a lovely ball by Byrne. He's got he's got up the pitch. That's the thing. He's he's up there. He's dynamic. He was up there to try and win it. He gets slipped in. It's a great run, but it's on his weak foot and. Like it's one of those things. A lot of Derby fans said if it's on his left-hand side, it's a goal. I'm not sure because I think Samba's one of his big strengths is he makes himself really big and he's very athletic. So it's a really good save. It's a poor shot from Shinny. Um, I'm not sure it's game over. I think it's a very different game if he puts it away. Definitely, definitely. So then we move into you know we've talked about a goal that was a goal that nearly was. And let's talk about the Forest goal mirrors on the Midlands because Knockhart hit the corner. There's a bit of head tennis. Uh, Matt Clark did a defensive header, which bounced off Ryan Yates. Lyle Taylor very much on the line, very much just level. But it was a terrific finish by him, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was okay. It was, it was a bit of a tap-in, but uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, right place, right time, showing the striker's instinct. Uh, had a bit of luck with the offside decision. I can't remember who the other player was who was, who was in the offside. McKenna, yeah. It could easily have been given as offside, um, just as, as a Forest, as a Derby goal was. So, um, we, yeah, we earned a little bit of luck there. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see him get off the mark. And in the radio interview afterwards, it... it it showed how much it meant to him, and it's it, hopefully it's the first of many. That weight of pressure for getting the first goal is off his shoulders now. Yeah, and I said early on in the match, I, I said I just think that Taylor's got a goal in him tonight. Even when we're four four two and Forest were kind of under the cosh, I just thought the energy he's putting in, um, the kind of the way he's trying to position himself, his body shape. I just thought he looked like a striker who was in the mood to score a goal. So um, obviously delighted for him to get his first goal. And he said he was delighted that it came in that particular match. Um, now, let's move to the Jozviak goal because um, personally, I think that I totally get why the linesman flagged and why the linesman saw Waghorn jump up and therefore he is in the line of Samba's sight. I think it's one of those whereby if you're the team who has the goal disallowed, you're a little bit annoyed. If you're the team who is defending, you're kind of going, mm, okay, yeah, I agree with that decision. Um, but Rob, just as Maradon the Midlands said, you on WhatsApp last night, you were drawing a parallel between McKenna's position for the Forest goal and what Waghorn was doing there, weren't you? So I, I've seen lots of images. I'm, I'm trying not to kind of get riled up about it. And obviously, partly the format we're on here, I, I kind of want to give a fair reflection of what Derby fans, there's a real mixed bag. There, there are some very reasoned arguments. There are some who are just flying off the handle because of the size of the game and because of the moment, you know, late, in the game. And like you said, Forrest's second half, very much on top until the goal. And I think like we've all said, that's the point when Derby would just drop deeper and deeper, deeper and Forrest could have got the winner. What was really happy, made me proud was that Derby actually stepped it up again. And you kind of feel like that it was coming and Derby could well have got the winner. Um, 
I think the frustration is not that he's offside because Waggers is about five yards, 10 yards off. He's, he's really off. So the lino almost doesn't, he can stick his flag up. That's not the issue. The issue was his position and the referee's got a really good view. Um, I can understand why, why it was disallowed. I can, because Waggers jumped. If, if he'd stood still, it's a great goal. It's, it's the other corner. It's, he's not in front of Samba. Um, the difference was, I think, with the, with Forrest's goal, I think the shirt pull was more. Again, it's soft. If it was, if Derby had scored the goal that Taylor scored, I'd have been like nothing wrong with it. So I'm not going to complain. And like we said, fox in the box. That is a poacher's finish. Is a tap in Maradona. I score loads of those. You know that you have to be in the right place <laughs> at the right time. Um, and it's a really really good finish. McKenna is not right in front. It doesn't go through McKenna. If it had gone through him, then I'd be kicking off. It doesn't. Taylor just hits that really quickly. Fine. It's the consistency because I think Waghorn is about the same distance away. Um, so yeah, while he's offside, I'm not debating that at all. It's more, does the referee really think he's in the way and that's affected Samba or has Josviat just hit that really well and Samba's got across, he just hasn't quite got far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to kick off too much I, I, I can understand it and like you said if that was Forrest scoring that goal at the end I would be fuming if it had been given so not yeah. too many complaints yeah I mean it, that's the thing isn't it what you think at the precise moment in time in the heat of the moment um Maradon Midlands you got anything to add on that no I mean just just think we had a stroke of luck there he, he could easily have been allowed and um if it had been given you'd have been spitting feathers though wouldn't you i know i would i'm not sure if i would have been but I, I, I don't i mean it's easy, it's easy to argue that he, that uh waghorn wasn't really interview, interviewing with play it's um i don't just maybe because of you're not at the game and, and there aren't any fans in the in the crowd i'm not that worked up about the game as i normally would be so it, it's, it's just watch just watch it on tv with with the zero Zero crowd participation and sort of the lack of blood and thunder challenges. It's just I wasn't that riled up about the result or or the match um, last night. And I, I, I've got to be honest, I haven't been that emotionally um, invested in any of the matches so far this season. It's just it just seems a bit distant. It doesn't seem quite real to me the season mm. yet. But um, so maybe if we were at the game and it would, it would happen, then maybe I would be. But yeah. just sitting sort of a, a di- with a distant perspective, I'm I'm quite calm about all of it. And uh, mm. um, yeah, we we had a bit of luck there, I think. Yeah. Okay. And um, what the other thing I'll just say is that I think if Taylor had been on the penalty spot when he hit his goal shot towards goal and then McKenna was between Marshall and Taylor then even though he's slightly outside I think it'd be more likely to be given but because Taylor was kind of inside the six yard box effectively the distances mean that effectively McKenna may have been seen as being less active I don't know I'm not a ref but um, equally I think you know you can see no matter what, whether you think it should have been given or not given, you can see why the officials made the decisions they did. And on the whole, I would say as well, the officials did a reasonable job. Um, you know, the fact we're not we're not talking about them. That's always the worry, isn't it? You hear who the referee is and you end up talking about the ref after the match. So, uh, you know, let's let's take things as they were. Um, there was time for uh, a bit of a tactical change by Derby as well in terms of 
formation. Now, Nathan Byrne got injured and Rob, in, in an unusual um, uh, situation in terms of the amount of time that I've known you, you're getting quite wound up by Ryan Yates and Nicholas Yanu in terms of, I believe the word you used was thugs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I quite like Yates. Any time a kind of a young player comes through, you kind of think, well, they're English. I want them to do well. Um, local lads as well. The thing about Yates is it goes back to the tackle last season where he, he injured someone. He didn't mean to, but already you kind of, oh, and he'd already was winding night up really early on. Um, he, he went a bit quiet, Yates, to be fair. So it wasn't your left back. I'm not even going to try and say his name. Uh, he's sturdy. I think that'll be really good for, and he had a bit of quality. I also think he just, he just was a bit dirty at times, but then at the same time, Maradona pointed out that Byrne kept finding their minefields on the city ground pitch. Um, <laughs> and, and again, I mean, I can understand as a rival fan, that was really frustrating as a, as a fan of my team, it's clever. I'm glad that the players that they're trying to play to their advantages. They're trying to, they, they physically, a lot of our young guys don't match up. In terms of size, so Burn to your left back, he's about half the size. Burn, I've been really impressed with though. He's got a really good engine. He's good professional. He works really hard. Um, it's a shame he got injured. Hopefully, it's not too much. But obviously, Andre Wisdom could just step across. And I think partly, and it was mentioned by both of you, and Knockout came on. Um, Buchanan was was really struggling on the left all of a sudden because he had to get up and also get back. So the switch to four at the back just meant we could have an extra body in the middle. Holmes can come on and. And run around a bit and it just allowed us a bit more again it was a tweak in shape and again I think what's really pleasing as you've said for Forest but also for Derby they look like a plan B they look like managers who were reacting to the situation and I know for Derby too many times last season this we've just looked short of ideas mm. um, so it was positive that we reacted to that okay it came a bit late you scored the goal but that had nothing to do with formations that was just a good finish so that nice. was good positive and then we built from it we looked like we could have scored near the end yeah and uh, you know so having you know been the, the dominant team in for most of the first half Derby looked like the team most likely to um towards the end of the match and that I think that formation change did make a big difference um so we it ended up being 1-1 I mean we've already discussed the reactions of the managers um Maradon the Midlands I'm just going to come to you because there was um, a really um, well-received interview by Lyle Taylor after the match, wasn't there? And, um, I mean, he, he talked about, we've already mentioned, he talked about the, his pride at getting that first goal um, and the fact it was against Derby. But he came across really, really well in this interview, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's seemed grounded, down-to-earth, uh, articulate, well-spoken. I've, I've heard him when he was a at Charlton talking on Talk Sport, and he was talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter issue. And, it, and he, you could tell then he's, he's got a level of intelligence and, um, and way of sort of being interviewed, which is higher than the average footballer. And he, he came across really well, talking about the uh, cancer charity thing, just showing that he's got thinking more than just sort of buying flash cars and um, going to... Uh, fancy nightclubs which is the sort of stereotypical footballer's image um yeah he, he came across really well and, it, and just the way he talks about the fans not being there and looking forward to that it's really, sort of really good at forming bonds there, there with with the forest support yeah and i would also say that um as somebody who's been lucky enough to um keep 
keep my job and have a good level of sort of security in that respect. Um, so he's going to be getting a tenner of my money for scoring that goal, but also for that interview uh, for the, uh, the cancer charity. Um, but he also went out to acknowledge that there's a lot of people out there who aren't in a position to be able to donate. So he ummed and ahed about whether he was going to do the pink thing this time around. And the way he explained that was just so beautifully put. Um, so, I mean, we say, we say fair play to Lyle Taylor. From a Forest point of view, he was the highlight of the match, both during and after. I would also point out that despite what Rob said, um, in terms of Yates fading a bit in the second half, Heath was actually my man of the match in the sense of um, he's showing the ability uh, to potentially be a really, really good box-to-box -box midfielder. He needs to work on his finishing because when he gets in the opposition box, this is, I think, the fourth match this season where he's had a more or less a free header in the opposition box and he hasn't really hit the target. But even in the when Forrest were under the cosh a little bit towards the end, it's often Yates who was dropping deep and getting his foot around it to clear the ball. So um, I want to give a mention to him. Player who's much, much maligned, but as I've said before... There's three managers in a row now who've had him as one of the key names in his, in the squad. So uh, I think that speaks volumes. Um, thank you so much to Maradon the Midlands. Um, and thank you very much for joining us, Rob. Um, really appreciate it. Lovely to hear your views. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do this again after the return leg. Yeah, cheers, gents. I'd love to. And it, it'd be good to see where both teams are at. And, and obviously, a Derby fan living in Nottingham, um, you know me, while I want Derby to finish top, I'd happily see Forrest finish second. Um, I don't hate Forrest by any means. So let's hope next time we play at Pride Park that we're both up the table and uh, pushing on the right end. Yeah, the table's not looking great for either team at the moment, but it seems as though there's a lot to be hopeful about. So thanks to you, listener. Um, we'll be back with more match reports and uh, keep listening. Podcast Network.